following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Now let's give it up for the Lord Jesus. That's what we're here to do. Come on. Amen. High five somebody before you're seated and say, there's no place I'd rather be than at CLC. Welcome. God bless you. Please be seated. I am so delighted to be back with people that I sincerely love and respect and to be invited to grace this pulpit. Uh, There's none finer than your pastor, Rex Johnson, his wife, Patty. They are God's creme de la creme. They're the creme de la creme uh, of the kingdom. And uh, uh, you are sharing him today with two states. He is ministering this morning in the state of Missouri and this afternoon in the state of Oklahoma and uh, won't be back in till late tonight. Uh, but um, uh, he is just uh, uh, he is just worth sharing with the world. And I appreciate the attitude of this congregation of uh, you being willing to share his life and his ministry with others that so desperately need to hear a message of hope. Thank you, Pastor Brad. You and Cass are, are, are just awesome. And uh, I love you and I love what's going on in this house. Everything about CLC goes through this man. And uh, I just see what God is doing in this place. And we celebrate that fact uh, today. I was preaching somewhere not long ago that I never had uh, uh, been to. And uh, I got there early that particular Sunday morning and, and the crowd had not uh, begun to gather yet. And I went into the sanctuary just to check it out and, and kind of get a feel of, of the atmosphere. And, and while I was standing back there, one of uh, the members of that particular congregation came in and it was an a, a older lady And uh, uh, she shook my hands and my hand and she had never met me or didn't know who I was. And uh, uh, she said, uh, oh, I am so sorry that you chose to come today. I said, oh, why is that? And she said, well, said, uh, when our senior pastor said, when he is away, he usually has somebody come in that is just as dry as corn shucks. And uh, I'm sorry you have chosen to be here today. I looked for her after my sermon to see if I could identify her in the crowd or find her. I will simply make a statement that when Pastor Rex has to be away or when one of the great staff pastors preaches here or a guest comes in, One thing you cannot say is that it's not going to be a dry sermon. It's not going to be a dry atmosphere in the house of God. And uh, today I am so honored to fill this pulpit. And I honor you today with uh, my remarks and my time. Amen. I want us to uh, turn in the Holy Scripture to the book of the New Testament book of Philippians chapter number one. 
And the apostle Paul uh, wrote a thank you note, wrote a thank you note to a particular church that uh, he had established a decade earlier. The church at Philippi was a place that uh, he had given life to and birth to and had established and now 10 years later, he is writing a thank you note because they had, they had sent to him a love offering to uh, actually help meet his needs. He found himself in prison in Rome awaiting a hearing before uh, Caesar Nero. And those are just about two opposite ends of the spectrum. The Apostle Paul, uh, the Apostle of the Gospel of Christ, uh, on one end of the line, and one of the most wicked uh, leaders that history has ever recorded, and that being Caesar Nero. And they're about to have an encounter, and Paul is patiently waiting to tell Caesar Nero about his encounter with Christ. And while he's waiting, he pins a thank you note to the church at Philippi that had remembered him. And this is what he said. He said, I want you to know, brethren, that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. In other words, when you look at my life, everything that is a part of my life is working for the purpose of Jesus being preached across our world. How many of you think that that's an amazing thing? How many of you think that more of the world needs to hear the message of the hope that is in Christ? Well, Paul just simply described it is that everything that's happened to me has turned out to be for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard. In other, why, uh, other words, the secret servant, service agents that I am chained to in this prison, they now have become my captive audience and 24 seven, they hear about this Jesus also. So therefore, whether I'm free establishing churches or whether I'm locked up in prison to a palace guard, they're gonna hear about what happened to me. Is there anyone in the house today that have had such an encounter with the Lord that it radically changed your life and it changed your destiny? Well, there's three, four, five, six, seven. Come on, how many of you know that when Jesus comes into your world, everything changes? And Paul said, he said, really, there are some brethren that have become encouraged in my chains, although I am locked up in prison, it has given them more courage to speak out boldly, the word without fear. And he said there are some that preach Christ even out of the wrong motives. They preach out of envy, they preach out of strife, they preach against me, they don't like me. But he said, that's all right too, because the only thing that I am interested in is that Jesus continues to be talked about and be preached. And then he wraps this up. Let me hasten. He said in verse number 21, 
He said, I have come to the conclusion that for me to live is Christ and for me to die is gain. I want to talk for a few moments this morning with us and let's reason together from the subject of the power of being a one thing person. Turn to your neighbor and just ask them the question, how many things are you trying to do? How many projects do you have that you are trying to do? Well, the great apostle Paul gave us a great secret and I want to preach to this audience that I love so much. I want to talk about the power of simplification, the power of becoming a one thing person. Paul said, I have learned to simplify my life to the point that for me to live is going to be Christ. And if it comes my time to die, then I hit the lottery. I have gained and I have won and I'm going to heaven and everything that I have taught others about will come to pass in my life. So whether I'm living or whether I'm dead, I've got it made. Let's talk about it a little bit today on this Lord's day, the power of being a one thing person. You know, there's something about a, a name that draws parallels and uh, draws you in uh, and when a name is mentioned a lot of times, uh, you uh, relate that name to something that they have accomplished or they have done in their life that is synonymous with that name. If I, let's have a little fun here this morning. If I, if I mention the name LeBron, what do you think of? Basketball unless you live in Cleveland. <laughs> the king, basketball. Uh, what if I throw out the name Mozart? Mozart, you mention that name and you think about a young man that had a lot of odds stacked against him, but it was a young man that chose not to live his life in the tyranny of multiple agendas, but he actually concentrated on one thing and he gave his musical talent to the world. And all these years later, his name is synonymous with music par excellence. What if I throw out the name Einstein? Oh, the crazy haired genius that developed the theory of theoretical physics and therefore he gave us that theory of relativity that teaches how all of matter interacts with one another and we understand more about our universe because of Einstein's findings. There are some people that have achieved such uh, status in life that all you have to do is mention their initials 
and you know something about them. What about TR, Teddy Roosevelt, one of our presidents that coined the phrase, you need to walk softly and carry a big stick. What about FDR? What about JFK? What about MLK? Recently, my wife and I, a couple of years back, visited Atlanta, and we went to the Martin Luther King Center in Atlanta, and we went, we had the privilege of going in to the Ebenezer Baptist Church, and we went in and sat down on one of the back pews of the Ebenezer Baptist Church, and and, and they were playing a message by uh, uh, Dr. King uh, Sr. that pastored that church for many years and me being a history major in college and having studied so many things about history and, and I sat there and I drank it in and tears ran down my, my cheeks. Just, just mention the initial and you'll find out that people are associated with a cause that is much greater than they are. And then I present to you today from my message and my scriptural text, Paul. When you mention the name Paul, do you think about anything else other than his encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ? He was once the greatest persecutor of the Christian church and was trying to stamp out the then known message of Christ and the earth. But then on a road to Damascus, he met Jesus personally for himself and made the mistake of saying, who art thou, Lord? I would submit to my audience this morning, if you don't want to know who he is, don't ask, who art thou, Lord? He asked, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And from that encounter, his name was changed and his message was changed and he became a world changer. And now he's writing a thank you note to a church in Philippi saying, I want you to know that everything in my life has happened according to the goodwill and purpose of Jesus Christ. And some of you would say, he's writing that while locked up in jail. And he's saying that I am in jail and in these chains for the name of Jesus and it's all right with him. Well, let me just simply share with you a couple of things that he did not, he did not mean. He first of all said in uh, his writing to the Philippi church, he did not say that my life has become so simple that uh, for me to live is the church. I love you guys in Philippi, but you're not the reason that I'm living. The reason I'm living and doing what I do, Paul is saying, is not necessarily because you it's because of him. I'm going to say this publicly today that there's no place that I enjoy going and ministering than right here at CLC because of your open attitude to receive the good news of the word. I enjoy church 
at CLC in Austin because this is a place that is, be, uh, that is built on realness. And Pastor Rex Johnson is the mayor of Realville. What you see is what you get in this house. He's the mayor of Realville. And so consequently, when you come into this place, you can leave all of your pretense and all of your airs outside on the parking lot. And you can come into this house and you don't, there's no big eyes and there's no little U's in this house because this is a house that is built on a love for nothing more or nothing less than the Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul did not say for me to live as the church. He said for me to live as Christ. I want to tell somebody and I want to lean in on you right now and tell you that the greatest thing that you need in a mixed up world is a real relationship with Jesus. Our world is constantly trying to do our thinking for us. I get in my car now and I put my little iPhone up on the holder and invariably it'll pop up where I'm headed and tell me how many minutes I am from where I'm going. This thing knows my routines. This thing says you're 21 minutes from Calvary Church. How did you know I was going to Calvary Church? It will pop up and tell me that I am so many minutes from the cleaners. I am so many minutes from the old neighborhood grill, like it is doing my thinking for me. Sometimes I wanna get this thing and just throw it as far as I can throw it because I don't need anybody doing my thinking for me. Could I just simply say that I am on a vendetta to simplify my life. And that is that I don't need this thing telling me what I want to buy and what I'm in the market for. It knows the websites that I go to and the golf equipment that I look at. And then for days and weeks to follow, when I'm on there, it'll pop up like, are you still interested? Holy Jesus, deliver us from all the things that we get ourselves into and let us return to a place where we say with the great apostle that for me to live is not just good church, but for me to live is Jesus Christ and him crucified. For me to live is that. He did not say for me to live is my ministry. Now think about this. He's the pastor of all pastors and he is the minister of all ministers. He's the preacher of all preachers. And yet he is saying in his thank you note for me to live that it, it, it doesn't mean that my ministry is my life. Could I simply tell you that I saw a, uh, a, a picture that describes this very well. If your life is your ministry, then you will be like the shiny 18-wheeler that had a stainless steel 
big tank on the back behind that, that, that cab that was delivering gas to gas stations and yet the driver was sitting on the running board of the cab with his hand, his head in his hands and the caption was, he ran out of gas delivering the gas. Is there anyone in the house that have given so much that you thought you were going to run out of gas trying to get the gas to someone? You can do that in gospel ministry. Let me just simply say that there were some things that Paul did say to the church at Philippi, though, that he wanted them to note. And that is, I want you to know that the things that have happened to me have happened to me for a purpose. God's got my life in his hands. Could I tell somebody in this, this service today that no matter what you think you're going through and you think that God doesn't know what you're going through and you, it doesn't make any sense to your world and your life at this point, could I tell you that Romans 8 tells us for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love him and are the called according to his purpose. You might not understand what you're going through right now, but God is allowing you to walk. The key word there is through that situation that he might be glorified. And Paul said, I want you to understand that everything that I have gone through is for a reason and a purpose. And that is that for me to live, Christ is going to be glorified. Hallelujah to God. I've told the story here on this platform in recent months that my life changed drastically in the last 40 months. Sherry and I lost our only daughter. How beautiful, how wonderful she was in our lives at 40 years of age to suicide. As we were coming out of that, then our youngest grandson, Hudson, at three years of age was diagnosed with leukemia. The day that we got word that his leukemia had gone into remission, my wife Sherry was diagnosed 10 months ago with breast cancer. And you know, I've thought a lot about it and I've spent a lot of time reading the book of Job. You think you got things bad going on in your life? Pick up the Old Testament book of Job and read his conversation with God. And you know what I found out from reading the book of Job? That God let him rant and rave for 37 chapters. Job just went off on God. Man, he just, he, he just told him how he felt about what he was going through and all the losses in his life and whatever. And after 37 chapters, God said, now are you finished, Job? And God said, where were you, Job, when I flung, 
when I flung the stars into their orbits and when I spoke the planets into, in, into their orbits. Where were you at the breaking of day and where were you at the dawn of creation? Job, don't you know that I've got you in the palm of my hand? And Paul picks up on it and he says to the Philippian believers, I just want to simplify my life to the point that I say that if God gives me another day, I'm going to preach Christ to those that need to hear hope and good news. And for me to die is gain. I'm preaching to somebody here today that needs a word that God will actually allow your personal disappointments to be transformed when you simplify yourself to become a one thing person. Paul did not say these many things I try to do. He said this one thing I do. I will preach Christ. The second thing that he mentioned to the believers at Philippi was this. He said, it is better for you to know that while I am in prison in Rome, that there are some that don't like me and they are, they, 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 they just don't care for me personally and they're preaching, they're preaching Christ out of jealousy and there are Judaizers, there are people that have wrong motives that want to hurt me and hurt, hurt everything about my life and ministry. But he said, I want you all to know that as long as I stay in Jesus, that doesn't bother me at all because the main thing is that Christ is being preached. Could I just lean in on you and tell, tell you that be careful about who you criticize as long as they are uplifting Jesus. They might not do it like you do it. They might not say it like you say it. Oh my God, I wish I could preach like Wayne Francis. Holy Lord, you had him here Wednesday night, the Energizer Bunny on steroids. The Wednesday night before you had Tarn Wells or whenever you had Tarn. God, I love those guys. I, I, I just hope when I grow up, I can be just like them. They've got so much gifting and so much talent. But you know what? I don't want to just be like them. They've got to do their thing. The thing that matters is, am I in Christ? And am I preaching Christ? I salute today any individual that simply says, I'm a one thing person. I'm a Jesus person. And for me to live, that's the only thing that matters. The third thing and the final thing that I mention is that he said, you know, when you are in Christ, you can face the uncertainty of your future. Now, there's not anyone under the sound of my voice today that knows what tomorrow holds for you. We always want to know tomorrow instead of wanting to know the one that holds tomorrow. Whoa, 
Have you ever been driving down the road and you saw a fortune teller sign? Reader and advisor. And then the sign says, Palm reader. They didn't know how to spell palm. Is there anybody that wants somebody to read your palm that doesn't know how to spell palm? Laid down good money. Could I tell you that there were no nail prints in that palm reader's hands? But Paul said, I I met him. I met him on the road to Damascus. And the scales fell from my eyes, and I once was blind, but now I see. And he changed my life dramatically. And now for me to live is Christ. And I have become a one thing person. I close. For some number of months, I continue to work on my bucket list. I've got some dreams and some things that that if God allows me to live, could help me along the way. And so yesterday, I knew I was coming to Austin and it just worked out. About 120 miles north of Austin along I-35, for years I've noticed a big sign out in the field on the east side of 35 that says, Skydive 35. <laughs> you know what I've been wrestling with for some time? This statement. You never really start living until you lose your fear of dying. And I'm speaking to somebody in this house spiritually. I'm speaking to some people that the enemy has so bound your life by fear of the unknown that you can't live in the nasty now and now. Now, I'm not telling you that you have to do what Pastor Ron did yesterday. But I did something very invigorating. I jumped out of a perfectly good airplane (laughs) at 17,500 feet in the air, over three miles up, and I fell 12,500 feet in 70 seconds. If you don't think you're living now, you'll find out how fast your life can flash in front of you when you're falling from the heavens. 
toward the earth. And I brought a little evidence along to close my sermon out. Some of you are not living. I'm almost 70. And I decided that if God leaves me here another day, I'm going to live a little bit. I'm going to conquer my fears. I'm not going to go and sit in a rocking chair. For me to live as Christ, if I can get over fear and dying, then I might have, to, I might have a whole bunch more living ahead of me. I've lost a lot in life, but I've come to the conclusion that everything that's happened in my life is for one purpose, and that is I get to tell people about a God of hope, and I get to tell people that you're not finished yet. You're not washed up, and so it is. Let's flash the first slide up, and ladies and gentlemen, this is me and Jesus. This is me and Jesus, a.k.a. Vince, who became my Jesus yesterday. I met him at 35 die. And there he is, nice guy. And he, he took me and he said, now, Ron, all I want you to do is trust me. Oh, yes. I'm trusting someone I've never met until right now. Could I simply say that what I'm asking you to do in this service is to trust someone that maybe you've never met until right now. I'm asking you to meet someone that you've just heard about. You've heard about what he can do and you've heard about that he is capable, he knows how to land you safely to where you wanna go. He said, all I need you to do is three things. I want you to hook yourself up to me and we're gonna be close, we're gonna be tight because I'm gonna tighten these straps that are wrapped around you and this harness around you and they're gonna be hooked tightly to me. And then I want you to lift your head high to the horizon. And I want you to arch your back. I don't want any of this because that makes everything too heavy because you've got a big booty. <laughs> he said, I want you to lift your head and I want you to arch your back like a banana. And I want you to lift your feet up and I'll take care of pushing you out of this plane. We had 11 people on the plane. Three went off by themselves and four of us went off in tandem and I was the last one off. Just me and Jesus. The second picture. Is what fear looks like. When you are bug hunting. 
with your mouth at 17,000 feet in the air. Oh my word. I'm falling, I'm falling, depending on Jesus. Mm. And the third picture, this is what relief looks like <laughs> when it becomes evident that Jesus knows what he's doing. When the parachute opened, I was falling at almost 200 miles an hour. And when the chute opened, suddenly I stopped falling and everything went beautifully quiet. And I began to fly like a butterfly to where I was supposed to land. And the fourth picture is what victory looks like when you land where you're supposed to land. Now, I'm not telling anybody that you have to be as crazy as me. Pastor Rex texted me this morning and said, my paratrooper brother, I don't know that I could get him to do this. But I just decided that in order to face my fears, I was willing to learn the lesson that the great apostle taught me for me to live if I survive this, I'm gonna preach Christ. If I don't, Sherry just saved $10,000 at least in burial because I'd be embedded in a field along 35. And she'd just paint on a rock, here lies a fool. And she'd be 10 grand richer so she could find another husband that wasn't near as foolish. I want you to stand with me right now. Stand with me. Wow. How much living do you have to do in front of you? Are you paralyzed by fear? Are you wrapped up in a situation where the enemy is on your shoulder constantly telling you all the things that you're trying to do and yet you don't feel alive? Could I suggest that you come back to Jesus and say, Lord, I just want one thing in my life. As the bird is in the air and the air is in the bird, as the fish is in the sea and the sea is in the fish. Paul said, so am I in Christ and Christ is in me. So when you settle that issue in your world and in your life, then you understand that you don't have 
to fight against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. But we fight through Christ to the pulling down of every stronghold in our world and in our lives. And then we can say, I know my Redeemer has got me. I'm hooked up to someone that has done this. I asked Vince, I said, Vince, how many times have you done this today? He said, Ron, this is the sixth time today that I've done this and I haven't lost anybody yet. Could I tell you that if you can trust flesh and blood to bring you safely, how much more can we trust our Jesus to bring us safely to the proper landing? Now, while every head is bowed, no one's looking around. Is there anybody in the audience today that would just simply respond to the words that have been spoken in this simple sermon today? and lift your hand and say, Pastor Ron, I am battling with fear in my life. There's a lot of things that, 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 that I'm battling with and I've got fear of the future going on in my world, my life. Would you just slip up your hand right now so I can see it across this audience in the balcony? God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Is there anybody here that would lift your hand now and say, Pastor Ron, I want to get to a place that I trust Jesus for my salvation. They've told me that I can trust him with my salvation. And I've heard the story of his saving grace. Would you lift your hand and say, I want to trust him for my eternal salvation, that he knows where to take my life and where I am going to end up. God bless you. Thank you for lifting your hand. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now I ask everyone in my audience to lift your hands with us. All over this building, would you just lift your hands because we're gonna fight the battle right now in prayer. I'd like everyone to pray after me this very moment. Dear Jesus, I am just flesh and blood, but everything that has happened in my life, I believe that it has happened on purpose because there are no mistakes in you. And you have said that you will be everything I need. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I turn from my fear and I get a grip on faith. And I ask you to save me this day by your amazing grace. And I thank you for it in Jesus' wonderful name. And now let's clap our hands to the one, the only one that is worthy. I thank you. I thank you for being here today. And now your ticket to dismissal from this service is to turn around and shake hands with somebody and say, hi, my name is. Don't tell them your name is Ron unless it is Ron. Tell them what your name is. God bless you. Have a great and wonderful Lord's Day being a one thing person. 
God bless you.